From Phoenix to London. From L.A. to around the world. This is The Ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle, Ray Ellis, and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Yeah, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. And this is a special edition show we're having today, Fan Man. I thank you for joining me, but you know this is something that's near and dear to my heart. And uh, Of course, Ray. I, you know, I have a very, very busy schedule here in Southern California on the beaches, covering the volleyball tournament <laughs> in Beijing, and you know how I am. So yeah, I, I'm like, glad that you asked me to be a part of this, and I did reschedule some of my important commitments. Well, I appreciate that. I think I'll start calling you Warren Sapp, you know, because you're real busy. Busy, you know, I'm real busy. <laughs> but we want to we want to make uh, you know a special tribute, a special show in honor of a, of a great man, uh, you know, a great uh, leader, you know, on the football field, after the football field, you know, somebody who I have to give credit for many of the things that happened, uh, special things that happened in my life. You know, it was a great example, and that's uh, you know Gene Upshaw. You know, Gene Upshaw, of course, uh, uh, passed away uh, earlier today. Um, you know, sad, a sad day for football, a sad day for, for a lot of people who, who know Gene, who's close to Gene, whose lives he, he has affected. And, and uh, you know, so I, as I always do, family, we're going we're gonna to start off with a moment of silence. And then we're going to go in because I got a special, a couple special guests here in the studio with me. Okay. And uh, I'm going to introduce them. So let, let's have our moment of silence. Okay, and I thank all those people out there that's listening. Uh, I thank you for tuning in to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. But Fan Man, I got a couple young guys here in the studio with me today. You know, a couple guys who... Hi, young uh, guys. Who, <laughs> What's up, Fan, fan Man? Fan says, hey, young guys. Hey. <laughs> and, you know, these are guys I wanted to, to bring into the studio today, you know, for a couple different reasons. Uh, uh, for one, uh, we're going to welcome them to the Voice America Network soon because they're going to have their own show. But also just wanted to uh, have them come in and give a, a, a perspective from, you know, their playing careers and, and how Gene has influenced their life. And the first person I want to introduce is James Hodgins. And James, of course, is the, the big Hodge, you know, big fullback at 275 pounds, you know, with the Rams and with the Jets. And, uh, hey, James, welcome, man. Thanks for stopping in. Hey, welcome Thanks in, Thanks for having dude. me, Ray. How's it going, fam, man? Good. Hanging in there. How you doing? I'm doing good. good. Hodge, you know, I just wanted to say, and of course, uh, I also want to welcome, before I go uh, into asking questions, I also want to welcome uh, Omar Smith. And, and Omar, of course, is with the Sabercats, and he, he's, got a, he's got a lot of uh, jewelry on his fingers. I think he's got four championship rings. Uh, Omar, what's happening, man? How you doing? What's up, Ray? How you doing? Glad to be here. Hey, how Omar. Doing, fam, how you man? doing? Great. So we got two men, you know, here in the studio with me, fan man. Both of these young men have Super Bowl championship rings. One, of course, uh, and Big Hodge has got that one from the NFL with the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. I think it was the 2003 Super Bowl? Uh, 2000. 2000 Super yeah. Bowl, of course. They, uh, they won that. And, of course, uh, Omar, your rings, are, you got four of them. And for what just, man, you got them every, ever since the league started. Yeah, it's more <laughs> <of the place. laughs> Yeah, I do. I do my thing in the arena football. It's a, it's a, it's a great league, and uh, I've been very successful in it. Well, I appreciate that. But but let me let me start off, and, and fan man, you can join in here. But I, I first just wanna, you know, uh, I, I wanna ask a couple of questions because, you know, this is a unique situation here. You know, you're talking about a man who influenced the lives of all three of us here, who who are players. And I always said here at at, at this network, what we would do is we would develop shows where people would have an opportunity 
to have conversations with players. So anybody out there, you can call in at 866-472-5788. Again, that number is the toll-free number, 866-472-5788. And you can speak with people. I first am, am one of those individuals who I, I was a part of two strikes. And the two strikes that we, you know, we, we had, the, the first one, you know, as a young player, I'm wondering, what the heck is this? Why are we doing this? I want to play football. But it was my second year in the league, so it was okay because, as you guys know, sometimes the National Football League season, by the time you enter the third game, it really is almost like a college season because you go to training camp so, you know, so early and you stay for so long, and then you got the preseason games, and then you got the season finally starts. So I welcome that break. But that first strike was in 1982. That's exactly, and that was my second year in the league, you know, okay. and, uh, and, and we actually left camp. I mean, we left the, the team, but camp was over, and, and we shut down. And that's they brought in the replacement players. No, they didn't do that, oh, too. Was that 86 I, I, or 87? That was the next strike, and that's the one I'm going to get to. Oh, okay. And it was a little bit different for me, the second strike, because the second strike, I was a more mature person, and I was a more mature athlete. And I understood exactly what this was all about. I took the time out to, to educate myself. Um, I understood that we were taking a stance not only for ourselves, but for these young men that are in the studio. For future players. Now, that's exactly right. But it, w- it was like this. Gene Upshaw then and Gene Upshaw now is like, he was like your big brother. And he treated you like your big brother whenever your parents left. You know, he wanted to now start acting like he was a parent, but he really was a sibling, so he really wasn't a parent. But that's the way he treated you. And so you loved him, but sometimes you just wanted to kick his ass. Yeah. You know, and so how did you guys feel about Gene during your time? Um, you know, I, I really have mixed emotions about him, but the, the main thing, you know, I, I respect him just exactly what you said. Everything that you guys did before us, the groundwork he laid and being a player, being a superstar player, uh, all the Pro Bowls he played in, um, being in the Hall of Fame and and laying the groundwork for us, but at the same time, um, there's mixed emotions about it. I feel like this is the the person that I saw coming into our locker room every year, tell us that we had the best union, tell us we had the best benefits, and telling us all these things. And in reality, you know, it, it seemed like a lie. And, well, and you know what? Like it's that. funny that you're saying that. Uh, the last time uh, a lot of players, a rookie, saw him was at the NFL Rookie Symposium two months ago in Carlsbad, California. And he addressed the rookies in striking term- terms, telling them that the union cared more about them than the league did and that their union was their certain ally. Yeah, and, and you know, I've, I know a lot of older players also, and I was going to ask you about this, Ray, how the whole strike went down because I, as I understood, there were a lot of players that were told, you know, don't we have money in the bank? We'll be able to take care of you guys through the strike. We'll be able to put a little, put a little something in your pockets so that you, you're able to hold your family down. And I know that there's a lot of older players that have a lot of resentment towards them because those things didn't happen during the strike. And, and that's what, and that's what I said about Gene being like your big brother. You know, you love him. You know, he's looking out for your best. But then sometimes, you know, it's like, wait a second, Gene, you're a player like we are, you know, and you don't know everything. And, and so there were mixed emotions. But I will say this, and, and because we're making a tribute and we're honoring Gene and we're thanking him for the fact that, yes, he was the head of a union of which spearheaded, uh, um, uh, man, some change and almost like a revolution for players. Yeah. And, and I remember 
you know, I remember when I was on strike, you know, my rookie year. Uh, I'm sorry, my second year. When we went on strike, and this is 1982, and I went into the league. I'm born and raised in Canton, Ohio, and I went into the league thinking that I was going to have a chance to become almost like a millionaire. Well, the fact of the matter is my rookie year, I made $30,000. The second year when we went on strike, I made $35,000. I had to have a salary adjustment so that I could just be making the new minimum wage for a second-year player, which was $40,000. Now, when you go to the next strike in 1987, it was a, it was a lot different, and that was per, perhaps maybe what you're speaking about, James, mm-hmm. where you were you've heard the stories where perhaps maybe there was going to be a, a pool of money to assist players, perhaps maybe that, that didn't have money saved up, you know, for right. this strike. And, and I will say, I don't know if that happened in terms of there were some players who needed some money and they didn't get it. Uh, I was not at that time, you know, in need of money. I had some money that was saved up, but there were sacrifices made. And whatever, you know, it was like we did whatever he said, do we did it. Right. And there were some there were some guys. In fact, some guys crossed the picket line. They didn't all agree. We weren't. It wasn't like a hundred percent. It was a majority, but it wasn't a hundred percent. And what was the reason they were crossing the picket line? I mean, I thought the the union was the union, and the union should, you know, stay together as a as a as a you know a factor here to get the point across to the owners that hey, you got to take care of us. Okay. Well, listen, I'm I'm going to answer that question, and and and, but first, I I believe we got a caller, and fam, and you know, we always want to make sure that the fans get a chance to to get a word Uh, in, and then we're going to, and I'm and I'm going to ask if Omar can answer this question if the fan has a question uh, directed to the players that are here. I believe Sam. Sam, are you there? I'm here. How you doing there, Sam? Doing pretty good. Hey, Alice, how are you? Well, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for calling. Did you have a question for either myself or one of the guys in the studio with me? Actually, I just I got a comment. I, I, I just want to say I really love your show. Uh, I think you guys are doing a great job. Um, you, you answer questions and have topics that you can't hear anybody anywhere else. Well, I'm, calling, I'm calling all the way from Detroit, Michigan, so you know well, I'm calling from a long basketball, way. Basketball. <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate that. Uh, I was happy about everything you said until you said you called from the great state of Michigan. <laughs> and, and, and and I don't like Michigan, but but I do like callers, and I appreciate that. Let me let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm sure you heard the news today about Gene Upshaw. Um, do you have a perspective about Gene Upshaw and, and what you've heard about him? Yeah, well, I got kind of like mixed emotions, Ray. First of all, Michigan is a great 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 state. Uh, I know why you said you didn't like Michigan because <laughs> Ohio State. Okay, well, that's all we're going to say about that. Anyway, because Ohio State had the upper leg the last few years in terms of football, so okay. Um, regarding <laughs> regarding Gene Upshaw, yeah, I just I just felt that uh, feel that in terms of Gene Upshaw, he had a tough job because if you look at unions throughout like NBA and baseball, you know, uh, NFL, they, they need to come a long way because some of you guys, you, yourself included, Ray, you know, paid away for a lot a lot of what's going on right now, and the players just not compensated for it, man. You know. Speaking, talking about the short lifespan of an actual foot NFL player, man, they, and, the, and the millions of dollars that the NFL is making, it needs to be some kind of compromise somewhere. Hey, Sam, I apologize, but whenever you hear music, we got to take a break. Why don't you hold on, because I'm going to have Omar to make a comment about some of the things you just said there. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Sam, man. We'll be right back after this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a big- 
Get I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports rail of sports on the voice america network with the number one co-host in the world and uh our caller sam uh from uh the great state of michigan uh, was making some comments about Gene Upshaw and, and the unions and, and some other leagues and things of that nature and a comparison, so to speak. And, and, and James, I believe you and I out there, you know, were talking a couple, you know, a couple minutes ago about some other leagues and some comparisons. And I think that's some of your concern. Am I right? Uh, yeah. Majority is, you know, comparing us to the NBA or to Major League Baseball where players have guaranteed contracts and – better health benefits than we do um you know we get health care now provided for us for five years after we're done playing well your body's still holding up pretty good after five years but not 10 and uh, you know just just some of the things the way the way the money's structured as far as 401k and some of the benefits that we're set to receive when we're 55 and that's that's our life expectancy right there yeah. so the average American person lives 77.6 years. The n- average NFL football player, 55 years. Yeah, and that, uh, that's something that, again, uh, many players of my generation, you know, it was a concern because there was always 
uh, some gripes, you know, undertones about the fact that, you know, those guys who took their, their, their pensions at an early age of 45 years old, well, the reason why the pension wasn't so good because you're taking it at 45 and you're not waiting until you're 65. Well, the reason they, they, they took the pension was because they, they, they were hurt and they couldn't go to work. Uh, if you recall, Mike Dicker went in front of Congress last year and was fighting Congress about the benefits for the older players who basically got thrown out of the whole uh, deal. Yeah, and, and even there, uh, you know, it wasn't so much that they always were hurt, but it was to the fact that, you know, and, and God knows, I don't mean this uh, in malice, but, you know, you don't always get a chance to reach the age of, of 65 years old. But I want to, there's another young man here, uh, Omar Smith is with us, and I want to talk to Omar a little bit because, uh, you know, Gene not only was the head of the NFL Players Association, he was also the executive director of the Arena League, am I right? Yeah, and... Uh you know, like you were saying earlier, you may have mixed emotions. He was kind of like a big brother. And from my standpoint, playing arena football, I would be like the kid that lived across the street. You know what I mean? So, mm. like, you're, you have a big brother. You're with him all the time. You see the good and the bad. But from my perspective, the NFLPA backed us. They gave us a union. So, and before my first few years in the league, we didn't have a union. So, basically, we had to take whatever the owners gave us. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a say-so. So, when the NFLPA decided to back us, they basically gave us life. They gave us uh, an avenue to speak and say what we wanted and be, be able to negotiate and gave us, gave us, basically gave us life as a union. And uh, we're indebted to, to him and the NFLPA for doing that because he gave, he made our working environment so much better. So from my perspective, I, I, I don't, I can't say I have mixed emotions because from what I know of him, he basically helped my job out and everyone that played, plays arena football. But I have a lot of friends that play in the NFL that do have mixed emotions. So if you're, that, if you're in the house with your big brother, you're going to see the good and the bad. But when you're the kid that, that's across the street and every time you come over, he's giving you candy, you're not going to ha really have too many bad things to say about the man. And that, that's an excellent point. And, and again, it, our show today is to pay tribute to Gene Upshaw for his legacy, for the good things that he did. But we're just giving those people out there and many of the fans out there that listen, they don't have the perspective that we had as people who were a part of this union, whether it be in the Arena League or the NFL. So we're kind of giving you some of, you know, what would happen in the backdoor meetings, you know, what the real true feeling of what the guys had. But we want you to understand this is not a bashing ceremony. This is a tribute, and we thank Gene to this day for what he did for us. And like everything else, you always think they could have done more, but we just want you to know we're appreciative for, for what he did do. Hey, so, hey, family. Hey, I guess, Omar, I, 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 Omar, I agree with you 100%. And basically, he did a lot for the, for the, for the players because back in the old days, the, you know, like you said, the owners had total control and did whatever they want. And exactly. he came about and had to do, deal with Tagliboo, and he had to deal with uh, Goodell, and he had to work hard to make sure that the players were compensated. And uh, like uh, I think you said, Omar, back uh, yeah, Ray paid the price, and a lot of players back in the uh, late 70s and 80s paid the price and laid the groundwork for this to happen. And Gene Upshaw um, basically came in and, and made it better for everybody. Hey, Sam, and Sam, are you still there with us? Yes, I was the one who made that comment. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. I, I wanted to say that, Sam. But, but Sam, I also wanted to say, uh, give us a little background in terms of, do you have an athletic background? you play any sports at all? Yes, yes. I played, I played college high school ball uh, here, here in uh, Detroit. Went, I played college basketball in, uh, in Pittsburgh and the University of Alaska. Okay, so let me, let me just ask you something. You know, of course, uh, you, were you a scholarship athlete at the University of Alaska? Absolutely. Didn't pay okay. okay, so there are many people out there that, that feel as though athletes, of course, are spoiled, you know, and you, you're given a scholarship 
you know, and, and people now, there's probably many people out there now that have no sympathy for the three of us sitting here. You know, we were professional athletes, you know, and got paid, they feel like, a great salary. Uh, what do you feel about when you hear athletes talk about what Gene Upshaw did or didn't do and the benefits, you know, that these guys receive when they're making all this money and what they should have done with their money or what they didn't do with their money? You got a perspective on that? I just think they, they, they needed more because based on the type of money that the NFL makes, owners included, and the money that they share with the players, that, that's peanuts. That's like money in their, in their, in their, in their pocket. But it's 60% of the gross revenue. People say you get 60% of the gross revenue. You think that they should get more? They should get more. They should get 70, 70%, 65 to 70%. And why, why is that? I mean, simply because the of, they put lives on the line. Uh, every day their body's on the line. You know, and then after... Yeah, but see, they elected to do that, Sam. Yeah, that's true, but... The players elected to play, uh, and, 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 and Ray always could say, hey, I don't want to do that, I'm not going to hurt my body, even though I want to do it, I'm not going to do it, because I could get hurt and be screwed up for the rest of my life. No, I'm going to get you now. You get, <laughs> get him, James, get him, James, go ahead, go ahead. What do you got to tell fan well, about that? Uh, you, to, to start off, you got, you know, if you play in the NFL, we already talked about the stats, mm-hmm. you're going to die young. You're going to die 55 years old for the average NFL player, 52 years old if you're a lineman. Uh, divorce rate, higher than anything else. Bankruptcy rate, higher than any place else in our society. So if you sign up to do this job, you're going to be alone, dead, and broke. And that's a reality. You look at it, no matter what, that's what goes on. And when you talk about the money, 60%, it sounds like a big number, but the reality is you got 1% of the players making 90% of the money. You have three or four players on Say each team. Say that again. I don't think they heard that. Say you got again. 1% of the players making 90% of the money. You, uh, did you hear that, fan man? Yeah, I heard that. No, I, I'm with him. I'm with him. You got three or four players on each team that make more than the whole rest of the team combined for two years in a row. And I remember I was a part of one of those guys. That I'm not going to say I was part of that 1%, but I remember when I was a part of a team and I went in and asked for a raise. And, and I, you know, I negotiated a raise, but that raise got me run out of town <laughs> because they don't, the owners don't want to pay the players that kind of money. You know, and we got, we got a situation here right now where in, in Arizona, you know, where Anquan Bowden wants to get more money and people don't understand why he wants to get more money. But when you talk about the statistics that, that of course, that, uh, that James just read off to you, there's a reason why. Because, you know, uh, when a player, and people don't understand this part either, when players play football, the money that you make, the average person out there believes that that money should last you for your entire life. And so that's the reason why people don't understand why they're trying to get more money because if you want that money to last me my entire life, that money just can't be a million dollars a year and you think that's going to last me until I'm 60 or 70 or 80 years old. Correct. Right, and everybody can't ask for more money. You have to know your position. The ones that know that they can ask for like Chad Johnson. Most people can't ask for more money. Right. You know, and that's the reality of it. The, The fullbacks, the linebackers, the linemen, Unless you're a superstar, you, you can't. Now, wait a second. Now, I, I, I want you guys to know this now. He said the fullbacks. I want you guys to know I'm <laughs> sitting right here. And Omar, Omar, help me out on this now. Omar, I'm a strong safety. Omar is a corner. We are sitting next to a man that is a 275-pound fullback. Okay, well, he's about 300 now. He's about 300. <laughs> <laughs> see, Omar can say that because see, Omar is still playing now, you know. And 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 my man James just took a year off, so he's been out a year for a league. 
I, I leave for a year. But I would just say this. Uh, Omar, let me ask you a question. If a 275-pound fullback comes at you, now you're taking your life in your hands. So you need some more money. Am I right? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you're risking, you risking your life and bodily harm every single play. And, that, and that's what I wanted you to say because, you know, and, and again, some people, it's like if you're walking down the street and, and you're a little kid and this, you know, guy who's like, you know, you're in the fifth grade and this guy's in the 12th grade. And, he, and you're like, you know, a scrounge little kid and this big dude walks up to you and you got to try to fight him. Well, that's what happens on the football field. You truly can take your life in your own hands when you try to hit it. And you weigh how much, Omar? 185. And his man, his fullback, is coming at you and he's weighing 275 pounds and he's got crazy. equipment on. Yeah. So where are you going to hit him at? I'm going low. <laughs> <laughs> the more he weighs, the lower I'm going. And the guy James' size, I'm going for his ankles. So, 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 uh, Sam, you mentioned the fact that these guys, you know, put their lives on the line. Fan man, th this is these are the kind of things we're talking about. These are athletes that Gene Upshaw, you know, who was our president of our union, and I guess he did the best that he possibly could. And again, we're thankful. You know, we well, got you know, Gene Upshaw is dealing with the the owners of the National Football League, and they have control of all the money, all the TV rights. They have Gene control Upshaw of the stadiums, made more money they have control than of everything. And he was fighting the owners to make sure that the players were represented clearly and distinctly as to what they should be receiving. And he tried his heart out to make sure that the that the players got what they what they deserve. But if you go back to like today, today's salaries and the and, and you can argue the point ba back and forth whether some player gets ten million or one player gets two and a half million. I think that's where the disparity is. It has to be it has to be lined up. And I think Gene Upshaw was headed that way to try to make it fair. To, I guess. Per, per position, maybe to make it fair for all the players to earn what what they're worth and in the in the position that they play. Well, you know, I think you know, like you said, Gene Upshaw was in a position where many times for the players it was where is the loyalty? Is the loyalty with us as a union or is the loyalty with management? And I believe there was one time here recently where there was a negotiation that took place without any player reps that were there. And did you guys hear about that? Is that that a couple years ago there was some negotiation that took place and and they weren't there because as a matter of fact I think it was a baseball union chief who stepped out and and spoke out and said he would have never done that, you know. And and so many times it was just the way things were agreed upon, you know. Do you have the majority of votes here? You know, are we in one accord? Do we all agree? And you're not going to get 100% of the people all the time. But I think that's where the problem, you know, was that was the point of the problem right there is that, okay, you're not going to get all the people all the time. But how do you get the greater percentage of majority to agree with you? And you don't have these people, you know, starting to coup and say they want your head, they want you removed. And, and I guess you guys didn't hear this, but James talked about, again, the kind of money that Gene Upshaw himself made. Yeah, Gene Gene made more than me any year of my career. And this is a fullback who played nine years in the National Football League. I think that was an issue, too. Wow. You know, the fact that you've got a union chief that makes more money than a lot of the players. And, again, it, he didn't make an investment in terms of his own money into the league. And we voted him into that position. But, we're again, this is a tribute, not a bashing. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Hey, man. We'll be right back after this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Make the business ass and then move on. 
Just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you love sports and like food, or like sports and love food, or are anywhere in between, Sports Bites might just become one of your favorite ways to spend your lunch break. Broadcasting Thursdays at 12 o'clock noon on the West Coast, it's Sports Bites with Chef Di, a delicious, enlightening, and entertaining mix of sports, food, and celebrity athletes. Yummy. Don't miss Sports Bites with Chef Di, Thursdays at noon on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports yeah we're back you listen to rail of sports on the voice america network with the number one co-host in the world and, and i gotta apologize because i actually uh was scheduled to have another guest with us because i wanted to give you know different perspectives from different generations and my good friend tom brookshire and, uh, you know, his wife's not doing well today. Tom was supposed to join us today, and we had problems with, with connecting with him. But Tom was going to give us a perspective from, you know, a generation of, you know, the 70s and the 60s uh, and their relationship with Gene Upshaw. Here's a man who actually played on three different Super Bowls from three different generations, you know, and that's Gene Upshaw we're talking about. And uh, But I apologize that Tom uh, Brookshire is not on the air with us, but... Uh, Omar is still here with us, and Omar, we, we, we talked about some interesting things, you know, again, off the air, but, but you said something that's interesting is, uh, again, it's not bashing, but what we want to do is we want to give the fans a perspective that they don't get, you know, this, again, is conversations with players. We're giving you a chance to hear what we say amongst each other, but we're going to share it, you know, over the net with you guys so you guys can hear what we're saying. And, you know, your new league, yeah, you, you gave him credit for coming in and giving you guys a unified voice where you could do negotiations with the owners. Uh, how has that uh, improved the league? Are salaries better now? Are, are insurance policies better now? You have health insurance. Talk to us about what improvements he made for the Arena Football League. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been night and day since uh, we, we became a union. Uh, salaries has gotten better. Benefits has gotten better. And. You know, like James said, or there are some things that you can always, you always want to improve. And the 
uh, one thing I commend him, he, he, he was in a tough situation. Whenever you're in a situation where you got to basically merge two groups together, you're always gonna, it's almost like a lose-lose because you're going to have to get the owners to give and take a little bit, and you're going to have the players to give and take a little bit. So there, there's going to be some things that they want that you can't fulfill, and they're going to be disgruntled about it, and there's going to be some things that the owners are, don't want to give up, but they're going to have to give up to, to, to reach an agreement. I just want to walk when I'm 40. <laughs> now, we can't guarantee you that. You're, you're running everybody over, man. We can't guarantee you. Hey, Omar, I want to say something. You know, there have been plenty of critics of Gene Upshaw and, 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 and a lot of them out there, and it's usually people who have never undertaken such a uh, gigantic task as the one Upshaw did with the union. And uh, I think history will show that, uh, you know, under his watch, the growth in player benefits has never been better. Well, fan man, let me just say this. You're exactly right, but you got to look at where they started at. You know, here's a person. I am born and raised in Canton, Ohio. I used to be the little kid that was standing behind the fence that when these people that were bigger than life would come into Canton every year for the Pro Football Hall of Fame game, I would stand there just hoping that I could touch somebody. I'll never forget when I wanted to touch, you know, just touch the, 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 the garments of, uh, of, of Starworth, you know, John Starworth, who was playing for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, and he couldn't come over and shake my hand. And so I just prayed one day that I'd get a chance to get on the field and I'd try to take his head off. So, <laughs> you know, and, and that happened, except I didn't get to take his head off, you know. But anyway, and he's a great Hall of Fame player as well. But it's where he started at, you know, and it was such a, an uphill battle and, and the climb, you know, was such a difficult one, you know, and it was a fight. And we, we all agreed that we were going to fight. But when you look at the improvements of how things got better, you know, it was just that there was another opinion and another voice of which many times it went unheard. And that was the voice that didn't necessarily agree with everything that Gene was doing. And then there were times where that voice, when it, whenever it would show its ugly head because it was showing the ugly side of sports, they would get their heads cut off. And that's the Mike Dickens. And I believe, James, you talked a little bit about that when they yeah. were trying to advocate for some guy. And Mike didn't need any money. Mike doesn't need money. Mike was trying to advocate for the people that didn't have a voice, and he got his head cut off almost. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. It, the way I look at it, if you were not going to – we're obviously never going to get to the point, I don't think, of guaranteed contracts. We're never going to get to the place where baseball and NBA are. But but why, why do you say, why shouldn't we do yeah, We should. Why, well, why, we certainly should. But we won't because it's too, they know it's too much liability, too much risk, and you can't put money into players that aren't playing. Okay. So that's why that's not going to happen. But one thing that I thought should have been a priority all along is for health care. You should have health care until you die. Which isn't a long time, as we discussed. <laughs> as we discussed today. Don't tell me that, man. I, you know, I, I'm headed towards that 50. You know, thing, yeah. uh, and, and universal health care. The player, if if he needs four knee replacement surgeries, he should be able to go get that. So is that what? Well, okay, well, for well, the, that's what that's what Mike Dickett was talking about yeah. when he went in front of Congress because it was a yeah. player that played for the Eagles or Steelers. I can't remember. The guy couldn't even walk, and he had no money. And they were saying he he has no health care benefits. Yeah. The guy, I mean, he got it from football. He, there are uh, football injuries. I mean, a player shouldn't have to go. Uh, keep remortgaging his house to, to get his knees done every couple of years. I and mean, it's, it's crazy. And you're right. And, and, and I said something about being that little kid who was just in all the cities, these great football players. And, I, I, you know, I'm a fan of the game. These two men sitting beside me here, they, they've got some jewelry on that I never – I got a wedding band on, okay? They got, they got Super Bowl championship rings on from both leagues. But, you know, I'm a fan. And so I admire these men. And what Mike Dicker was saying is – these men have earned the right to have their at least their bodies taken care of and they shit don't make proud men beg 
And, 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 and in the face of Gene Upshaw, you know, that's what Mike Dickett was trying to say. And this is kind of a bitter, it's just a, it's, it's a bitter day. There's nothing sweet about this day at all. It's a bitter day. It's because players, we wanted to get these things resolved. And we'd much rather they get resolved under Gene's watch because he did so many great things. Now some other things are going to start happening and somebody else is going to get the credit for it. You know, Omar, I'm going to ask you to chime in on that because, you know, it's what he started, but his legacy will be carried on by somebody else and do you guys have any because you're still playing now i don't even know if you guys got an email or any indication that gene has passed away uh who are you guys now going to look to for new leadership that's and that's that's a that's a good question because i just found out about it this morning and now now that he's passed away guys are going to be like well who's next in line and like the point that you made that there's still a lot of things that nfl players want to get done and if it if those things were accomplished under his watch, it would make his legacy as a, uh, as an executive so much better because there's still a lot of players that have mixed emotions. And if some of those things were done under his watch, they wouldn't have mixed emotions about, you know, him as a NFLPA uh, president. Yeah, and you're exactly uh, right. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, you know, since it's passing now, uh, the, the player reps with the union, wouldn't they vote for the next union leader to represent them? Is that how, how it works in the NFL with the union? Well, fan man, you know, you're, you're sitting here, and, and you're sitting here, and you're part of this discussion. I'm asking a question. No, I, I understand that, fan man. Hold on. See, that's why fan man is fan man, because fans, they just go at you, man. They don't care. You <laughs> I'm know? not going at it. I'm Here's what saying, I'm trying to say, they, fan how man. How are they going to replace Gene Upshaw? Does it come and you need, and, and, and Clay, if you would listen, we're going to give work. you an answer. You got guys from different generations. You got a guy, an active guy who's over here with the Arena Football League. You got a guy who just retired from the Jets uh, last year. And then you got a player who's been out of the game for 15, 20 years now. And we're saying we don't know. I know. See, I don't, I don't know. See, somebody knows, but somebody else doesn't know. And, and that's, that's what happens sometimes. You got to wait a little while till the dust settles, and then you'll find out, is it going to be a vote? Is it going to be somebody who's going to take over right away, like if the president died, the vice president takes over? But I'm going to ask James to answer that question because I think James just said he knows. I know. Okay, go ahead. Who's going to take over? <laughs> no, I, I, you know, what I think is going to happen. Oh, uh, now, first you yeah, said you know. Uh, <laughs> okay, go ahead, man. Uh, they're gonna have they're gonna have a list of candidates, and each of the player reps is gonna bring that to the team, and each all the players are gonna have a fair vote in it supposedly. But the bottom line is they know who's gonna be in place. They're gonna put somebody in place. And, and and see and now and the thing about it is you know there was a while there where Gene had went on record and said he did not represent the retired players. Correct. Well then if he doesn't represent the retired players. You know, Andre Collins represents the retired players, okay, right. as the head of that union. Alum okay, alumni. alumni. And, and so is Andre going to have a vote on who's going to be the next executive? He should, but no, he won't. See? And, 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 so and still, the you know, it's the only way the players that are already retired are going to have say is if this next person steps up to the plate and is responsible, Troy Vincent possibly, who's going to have the best. Well, fan man likes that because he's, he's an avid Eagles fan. Yes. He's going to have the best the best interests of, you know, past, present, and future players. Hey, fam, man, let me ask you something. You know, Gene Upshaw's passing away. Uh, you know, how do you see going into the season? Do you think, of course, I'm, I'm thinking each opening day at each stadium there will be a tribute. Will it be an ongoing tribute throughout the entire season into the Super Bowl, or what do you think? 
Yeah, I really don't know. I I, uh, I kind of thought about that this morning after I read that he that he passed. Uh, I, I was thinking, uh, I, and my feeling would be a lot of the fans don't know who Gene Upshaw is. They don't know. I, I don't know if they really care about the union or if they they know about the union and how the players are treated. But I think that the uh, in the first opening games they'll they'll wear some type of patch and, and pay tribute to him. That's what I think will happen. Yeah, I you know, and you, when you think about it, you know, it, it, it's some it's a person. And this person is a very prestigious person. As a matter of fact, when they talked about football and they talked about sports, I think he was in the top 15 of the most powerful people in sports. You know, he heads up uh, one of the most powerful unions um, of any unions in, in the world, you know. And, and here's a man that some people don't know who, who he is. If you put right. his picture well, up there. Let me ask you a question. How did the union start? I mean, as a fan, I don't know how the union came about. Uh, was it in the 70s that the union, who started the union? Who, who, no, who I, put all that together? Well, from the history I remember, it was in the 70s. I believe it was the 60s. In the 70s, I think they attempted a strike, and I think there was a work stoppage, you know, in the 70s. But, you know, the, the first real impact that the union had on the league and a serious uh, work stoppage for a period of time was the one we went on in 1982. And let me just tell you, you know, I, I was a rebel. I mean, I was a gene. Okay, you, you need some... You're a soldier. You need some soldiers. I'm one of them. I mean, I'm the guy that went out, you know, when the uh, scab bus drove up. You know, I tried to, you know, let the air out of the tires. I tried to cut the tires or something. You know, I just oh like, hey, God. man, you, you, you're you coming into our house and you're trying to, you know, take food off our table, you know. And then there were some guys that were on the team that actually went across the picking line and they but went you know, in. Hey, you know? Ray, back in those days when I, you know, still a hardcore football fan that I am, in 1982 when the Scabs came in, I didn't even watch football. A lot of the, a lot of the fans in this country did not watch football. And the NFL saw the ratings go down the toilet because people weren't paying attention. And it just didn't happen in Philadelphia. It happened in all the major cities where NFL teams were. And people were really pissed off and throwing things at them. They, I mean, not just the players but the fans themselves were out there really upset about this well let me tell you something they love their football and they love their teams and you know they don't need to, and they're fighting in between because the owners did not want to pay the money and cough up the money that the players needed and uh, i think that strike in 82 really set the tone to say hey you're going to take care of us. We're going to give you great entertainment value, but you've got to take care of the players. But I feel sorry for the retired players because they basically were not taken care of, and I think Gene Upshaw was trying to work on that because Gene Upshaw is an older guy himself. He's a retired player. He knows what, you know, what was going on with the retired players. And I well, really he knows what was going on, but, but fan man, he knows what was going on, but he didn't feel that pain. So he was still making about two, three, four million dollars a year. Two you know, two right. I, I, yeah, well, yeah, aside from that, I think he was trying to help them, and, and he was making quite a bit of money. Well, know? from two million dollars a year. <laughs> hey, we got music, fan man. You know, you know what happens when we got music. We got to take a break. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man. We're in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back after this message. What I had to dig, cause I had to give. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Wake up Jack, he'll get you out of that to your head. JackLavane.com presents Jack Lavane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine Lavane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris Lavane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack Lavane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Take the bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan Man. And Fan Man, as we were leaving there, you know, I, I don't know if you heard James, but he kind of threw that uh, threw that dagger at you. You know, it's kind of easy, you know, when you're making a couple million dollars to, you know, to live pretty good. But I'm, I'm going to change that. Yeah, and I'm you, know, switch. you know what? I want to say something uh, about his, his untimely death. He had pancreatic cancer. Pancreatic cancer, does that come from playing football? That, that pancreatic cancer is, is something that is totally different. I mean, a lot of people have it. In fact, there was a college professor who just died uh, recently, and they told me he had six months to live, and, and he died. I mean, it's well, just a, it's a, it's a very uh, b- bad cancer. Well, well fan man, here's what we're saying. We're not saying that his death was a result of his football injuries. No, I'm not saying that either. Yeah, we're just saying statistically, when you look at the average football player, for whatever reason, they just don't live that long. Well, you, you know, know? I, I want to say one thing, and then I'm going to ask you a question. I'd like to say uh, thank you to the boys in Tucson, uh, Jake and Nate, uh, for putting uh, the banner up on the uh, Voice America. Oh, yeah, that was a great banner, off. great tribute. Thank you, guys. Right. Thank you very much, guys. And, of course, San Diego for letting us on the air today with Omar and James and, of course, uh, Ray Ellis. And I, I guess my question is, how can this, and, and this is to Omar and to James, how, how do you see this being resolved? I mean, what do you think would be fair to, to the players? Well, you know, here, here's what I, I'm glad you said that, fan man, because, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a resolve, but I think if I'm not wrong, what we're, what we're, the question you're asking is, going forward, what are some of the things of which that you hope when the new regime takes over that they're able to accomplish? And, and let's start with Omar and the Arena Football League, which, again, there's been some strides made, but what are some of the things on the agenda that you guys hope gets better? Well, first off, it would be health care. <clears throat> That's the most important thing, I mean, in any league, because when you play football, the, the first thing you want to do is come out healthy. And you're not going to come out healthy. You're not going to come out the game you, the way you went in. That's, that's, that's definitely not going to happen. Wow. But you want to be at least be able to go take care of yourself or take care of your family when you're done playing. You don't want to have to be five years, six years out, out, of, out of playing football 
and you can't you can't get health care for yourself or for your kids or something like that. That that's the first thing that needs to be done. You got to be football players want to get lifetime health care. Okay, and, and of course you're hearing that from uh, Omar Smith, who is with the SaberCats of the Arena Football League. He's got four championship rings, and and now we want to turn over to and we want to get what what James Hodges is going to tell us because again, a man who played nine years in the NFL. You know, and it's just recently retired. Last year was his first year out of the game. Now that you're out of the game and you're going to have even your voice is even going to be uh, less than it was before. Before, at least you had a vote. You got a chance to say some things. You saw Gene every year. Now you're on the outside looking in. What are some things? And the perspective changes in just one year. Yeah. It can change that yes. much different. So why don't you tell us two ways? Tell us as an active player. When you were in that locker room, what some of the concerns were. But now that you're a retired player, has your concerns changed? And if they are, you know, what are you looking for the new regime to, to, to accomplish? I think as an active player, with, you know, some of the main concerns were, were you know, basically the revenue sharing type of deal. Money. Uh, money. More so money, it always comes money. down to money. Show and, me the money. And, and the money being evenly distributed amongst the players. Not evenly. You know, some players' worth it is worth more. You know, I'm not mad at Anquan for trying to get as much, much as he can. He should. But at the same token, what do fans see? They see, oh, Anquan's holding out. He he want Larry got ninety million. He want a hundred million or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what the fans see. So they say, oh man, these selfish players, whatever. Well, at the same time, there's this guy in the locker room who's fighting to make two hundred and fifty thousand this year. He's probably gonna blow out his knee, and they're gonna release him. And so I still have hope for for the current players. You know what I mean? That the money will be a little more distributed, and the, the main thing is what Omar said. For for retired players, man, all we can hope for is that, that medical. Well, see, I agree with the health care because when you go to apply for Blue Cross Blue Shield or any type of health care provider, when you go in there, they want to find they want to know about your prior history. And if you have any uh, major problems, they're not going to give you the insurance. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right about that, fam. you got an existing condition. Yeah, and even you if you try to get... existing condition, you're screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. Right. And so I've that's had, not fair I've to had. the players because the players do get hurt and the players do have problems. And then, and then when they get into the into the uh, you know normalcy of going to apply for insurance, they get they get rejected. And you know what? So you know the crazy thing about this, and and uh, you know I gotta pray for myself because I got a 15 year old son who who plays football, and you know he comes home and he's dinged up here or there or whatever and stupid me says to him you, you just got to play with it yeah. everybody is dinged up That's everything true. hurts I, I remember when i had 13 places on my body that hurt and i just tell him to keep going you got to keep playing but but fam man we got four minutes till we close and and i just got to take the time out to close on a different note okay. but i first again want to say to everybody this is a tribute to gene upshaw but this is also an inside perspective to tell you what the life and times were for players who were under the regime of Gene Upshaws as he was the active executive director for the NFL Players Association and what we would talk about. So we had an open-air discussion here, and I hope you all enjoyed it. But I want to turn to my man James over here. And all I want to do is I got to get this out because I now have a man here who played for the Rams, the St. Louis Rams, supposedly when Spygate, part of Spygate took place. And and supposedly they spied on the Rams, you know, pregame, you know, practice. And the results was who won that game? Uh, they did. They won that game. Now, okay, so we got a man here who actually was, uh, you know, he was a casualty to that result. Okay, now, wh what do you really feel about 
Okay, if they did that or if they didn't do that, tell us what you feel about <laughs> Spygate and, and, and supposedly, allegedly, they filming your pregame practice. I'm sure they did do it. And, and you know, it, it's an advantage for them. that they What the question was is they were stealing our defensive signals. Um, man, if you if you know what a team, if a team's going to be in cover two or cover three, that that helps you out a lot. You know. Now, are you just saying that because, no. come on, man. I mean, are you just saying that because oh, y'all look. lost? Are you telling me really there's an advantage? Yeah, well, I, 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 I know it's an advantage. I know it's an advantage. And I just want the fans yeah. to know that you ain't, you, it ain't sour grapes because you got a Super Bowl No, ring. it's sour grapes, too. I, <laughs> I, I, I'll take two Super Bowl rings. <laughs> okay, 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 now, now, now let, me tell you, let me say something else. Right. Since everybody says it's all about the money, show me the money. What's the difference in the money if you won and if you lost? Uh, I'm Almost seventy more thousand dollars, and that's per player. Per player. So not only and, and, and the difference is also an NFC Championship ring as opposed to yeah, a Super Bowl and ring. It looks terrible. I've never even worn it. Wow! Yeah. But you do got the Super Bowl yeah, ring on right now. I, that's a good thing. I'm blessed. I, there's no arguments here. I mean, the game is a game. We 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 played it. You know whether or not they had an advantage, and you know that was for the NFL to decide. They're never going to give us another ring or more money back. So well, but but <laughs> yeah, you know what? But you, you know but but you, but check this out, Omar. As an example, in the Olympics, they w- went back and they reviewed instant replay. Yeah. They saw that my man stepped on the line. Right. So that meant somebody else got a gold medal instead of that person. Right. Would you guys accept the Super Bowl rings if they did that? Sure. What? And the $70,000. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'll be the first one in line. See? See? <laughs> so, see, now you're getting the fan's perspective. Yeah. Fan man, only you can do that, man. Yeah, now, right. I know you yeah, got one yeah. last question. <laughs> I know you got a question, fan man. Go no, ahead. I don't have any questions. Sh- I'm just listening. It's very hey, interesting. Yeah. Let us get out there too. We're gonna we're gonna have our own show on this network, the Owen Hodge Show. Yay, yay! And we're gonna do it big, um, starting here in a couple of weeks. Now, so when he says do it big, he means two hundred seventy-five pounds. <laughs> big. big. So what, t- what time are you guys gonna be on? We're gonna be on on Mondays at at twelve o'clock. Yeah, then look right now. We're looking at we're Monday, looking at twelve it. o'clock Pacific time. And you know when you got a fullback coming at you, telling you what he wants, what you do. <laughs> get low and give it to Omar him. Omar said, "You get low and you give it to him, man." So well, we're gonna try to get low. It'd be great to do a roundtable discussion like on a Friday. Hey, man, we're gonna do a lot of things, fam, and we're having a great time here. Uh, you know, as always, we do. And by the way, I just want to take this time to let you all know that, of course, Butts and Butts Fantasy Sports is coming up. As a matter of fact, it will be on at four o'clock Pacific time, and I believe that's gonna be seven o'clock. In Philly, which is fan man's number one city in the yeah, world, baby. and uh, you know it, we're, ju- we're just having a great time. Hey guys, I really want to thank you guys for coming. This has been something special to me. You know, anytime an old player can get together with some of the young fellas, it's a great time, man. We appreciate that. Listen, hey man, I thank you all. Listen, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. We're in Phoenix living like it matters, and we'll see you Tuesday. As always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Because I promise I'll be gone for a while When you see me again I hope that you have